Hi, welcome to Colonial Williamsburg, past and present on history.org. This is behind the scenes, where you meet the people who work here. That's my job. I'm Lloyd Dobbins, and mostly I ask questions. In our continuing series on revolutionary documents, this week we'll take a look at Thomas Paine's pamphlet, Common Sense. In its 44 pages, Paine transformed the raw emotions of colonial discontent into the rhetoric of revolution. Alex Clark, who is a public sites interpreter, is with me now to talk about the man who started a war armed only with a pen. In a specific sort of way, if you can, if someone walked up to you and said, okay, tell me what common sense did for the American Revolution. It ignited it. Um, before common sense, uh, we were struggling to defend ourselves against um, ministerial forces that had been sent to dragoon us into an acceptance of unconstitutional taxes. And Payne's pamphlet you know, took it from an argument over you know, taxation to the higher plane of you know, struggle for existence uh, and uh, a fight against uh, terrible power. Uh, he, he, the point he makes is that you know, he was all for reconciliation before the 19th of April of 1775, but once blood was spilt at Lexington and Concord and then later at Bunker Hill, um, he says we cannot pay a Bunker Hill price merely to change the British ministry and to repeal certain acts of parliament. Um, we must be set on the path for an independence. What did common sense say? In broad terms, uh, he takes on the traditional assumptions of members of the British Empire, uh, particularly in America. Um, he talks about the origins of government in general uh, and then uh, relates it to the development of the British form of government and shows how corrupt it has become. Uh, he takes on uh, the origin of kings and derides the notion of hereditary kingship uh, then he examines the affairs of America at the time, um, suggests that we've arrived at an intolerable situation, and makes uh, the first really good plan for how the government should proceed. Uh, and then finally talks about our capabilities of the military line, which he's uh, perhaps uh, a little overestimating, but nonetheless, we would succeed in the end. Well, almost everybody on this side of the Atlantic overestimated how mm. we would do militarily, uh, except we did it mm. in the end. Well, uh, what, what they could see was the, the vast potential of the continent, and that's why Payne refers to um, our situation as the cause of all mankind. Uh, the pamphlet, Common, uh, Common Sense, was what? 44 pages, which is not what you would call very long. Uh, no, but it was certainly enough to attack the traditional feelings of those who had taken pride in belonging to the British Empire uh, in such a way as to hold them up to ridicule uh, as well as to an examination of common sense which showed that it was in our common interest to separate. And then to lay out a coherent plan for that separation and the form of government that should ensue. He read his audience correctly, which not many authors can do all that well, and he wrote for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he knew that he had to be amusing, and a, a magazine editor um, publishes uh, diverse pieces such as fables, uh, political essays from England. Um, it was one of the first that published original American essays. Uh, so he knew that he had to be amusing and yet um, 
just controversial enough not to antagonize either side in the political <laughs> debate, but to boost uh, readership. Paine was the first man in America who wrote for the guys in the bar hmm. so they could understand it. And no Latin, no Greek, just English words that most people would recognize. Not just English words, but the vernacular literature of the time. Uh, throughout Common Sense, he refers to the Bible, which was perhaps the most read book in the English-speaking world and you know, probably other places, too. He also refers to Aesop's fables um, and uh, just political maxims of the time. Uh, for instance, uh, in deriding the notion of hereditary government, he says um, uh, that uh, if hereditary government were such a good thing, then nature would not make a mockery of it by so often giving us an ass for a lion. <laughs> and that, of course, he was referring to Aesop's fable of the ass and the lion skin, mm -hmm. where you know, he tries to impose on the other animals dressed in the lion skin until his master recognizes his donkey ears and takes it off and beats him and says, notwithstanding you're dressed in a lion skin, you're nothing but an ass. It's really a political philosophy. Um, he attacks the notion that we should remain loyal to an empire which has simply exploited us for its own gain. Um, a king who is just a, a corrupt holdover of ancient you know, bandits. Uh, and, True, um, but not popular. And that we should, uh, we should embrace our potential, um, a continent that you know, could sink all future debts by the sale of the abundant land that we have. So the, the thing that really strikes me about his pamphlet is that he's the first one that absolutely calls for a declaration of independence as a political necessity in order to obtain the notice of other European powers who might mediate um, an end to the war and also furnish us aid, which, of course, uh, Louis XVI's France does, and without which we would never have won our independence. The common man, that's who Paine was able to appeal to in a period when that was not what you would call a prime writer's audience. Mm -hmm. that's, uh, well, certainly the tradesmen you know, were not used to lavishing their money on political pamphlets. Um, but Paine had the knack uh, for drawing everybody in, and involving them, uh, the common man, and advocating uh, them as being a greater part of the government than had ever been suggested before. He's the first to suggest Declaration of Independence, um, assemblies in each of the states, uh, submitting uh, delegates from their various districts to a Congress, and then writing a, a great charter for the United States uh, through a, a continental conference to be drawn not only from the Congress and the, the people chosen by the state legislatures, but the people at large. Uh, so that they would combine knowledge and power, which he found the great motive to business. Payne was a fairly, and I've forgotten how new, but a fairly new resident of what would be the United States. He had, I don't want to say just come over from England, but Theoretically, yes, he had just yes, come over. Yes, he had. Um, it was uh, sometime in early 1775. Uh, he works eight uh, or so months um, on the Pennsylvania Magazine and then begins writing Common Sense, which is published in January. Striking irony is the fact that the same issue that published uh, the advertisement for Payne's Common Sense was the one that carried the King's speech uh, <laughs> in the fall of 1775, in which he basically throws us out of the empire says that we are beyond his protection and that we're at the mercy of the British Army and Navy. That, I, I had never known that. That's, that's quite remarkable. 
Is there anybody today who compares to Paine as a thinker and writer of revolutionary thoughts? I would say that Walter Williams, he's a, a conservative um, writer, uh, is able to do much of that. Uh, but also the great uh, political pundits, uh, the late Mr. William F. Buckley Jr. and, of course, Gore Vidal, his ancient antagonist. Until he began to write, Thomas Paine was a bit of a failure uh, in school. Uh, he flunked out of uh, what we would call high school. It probably is college now. Uh, marriages failed. Businesses failed. Uh, the only thing he seems to have been able to do successfully is think and write. Um, well, that's not perhaps exactly fair. Uh, he was withdrawn from his school because his father's staymaking trade was not going well. He was a master staymaker and a Quaker. Um, his first wife died either of some lingering illness or in childbirth, and we're not certain which. Uh, so he came home. Um, he was not successful as a shopkeeper, but as I say, he had two stints in the excise, and he became a spokesman for those officers, so that speaks of his, his ability. Um, and then he, uh, he, he undertook a, a very uncertain career as a, as a writer at a time when there were very few who were able to make a living as a writer, so he, he was a success in that regard. Certainly he was an astounding success in enunciating the political philosophy of a new empire, which is what the Americans aimed at. Uh, it would be later that Thomas Paine would actually take up arms in defense of this country's liberty. Um, and first, he was a political philosopher, and he happened to hit upon a time and a subject that really formed the inchoate thoughts of the people and, and galvanized them into action. Let us know what you think about the show. Submit your feedback at www.history.org slash podcasts. That's Colonial Williamsburg, past and present this time. Check history.org often. We'll post more for you to download and hear. Thank <laughs> you.